is Ian and Tim from the What Are You Reading podcast. We're here at Urban Grind in West Midtown mm-hmm. with our, our one of our favorite past guests, poet, yes. local author, Amina. Thank you so much for being here. I'm happy to be here. I feel so fancy. I mean, we're out of the normal location where What Are You Reading is recorded. Yeah. So well, only you could have drawn us out here. We <laughs> yeah, normally... yeah. And here's a question. We don't usually come the, out of the woodwork. For all the poets who got drawn out, why should a poet leave their room and put their body on the line for the craft? Well, <laughs> when people ask me, which happens sometimes, people will say, oh, I, I do poetry also. I really want to do similar to what you're doing. I always tell them, go and engage in your local poetry scene. Yeah, yeah. I always say that because I think I think when you're in your room, you might think you're better than you are. <laughs> and yeah. coming to an open mic. Yeah. You can have a moment where you can you can go, okay, maybe I am pretty good. Yeah. Or you can go, no, not good. Yeah. I, I need think that's to what we're all things. afraid of. <laughs> yeah. So it's a good it's a good place to humble you as a poet, yeah. I think. Yeah. But also um, there are spaces here in Atlanta, particularly for me, Urban Grind and Java Monkey. Urban Grind is oh, every yeah. Thursday's open mic here and Java Monkey open mic every Sunday hosted by Teresa Davis. And I think both of those spaces are very communal. Yeah. So people are actually really welcoming, you yeah, know, awesome. and it's not just poets who like have all their performance together. Yeah. You know, there are poets who are very experienced that are trying new pieces. Yeah. And there are poets who are coming up for the very first time. So I That's think awesome. it's it's a good communal space. That's yeah, so well, we're really excited to hear. What's your kind of, um, what's one thing like people people who come here to read or listen to poetry what do you want them to leave saying like what do you want them to say about it after they leave i want them to say that it was entertaining yeah i do want it to be a good night (laughs) that way which open mic's always entertaining because it's just you know a large variety of things that you're going to hear in one night but i also hope people leave particularly our night feeling hopeful Mm, feeling like they can go on into their Friday, you know, to some job they hate or whatever, (laughs) you know, just feel like there's also some hope in the world. You know, we can see that there are bad things going on and there are hard things going on, you know, personally, nationally, globally, but there's also a lot of hopefulness. And I hope people leave our our open mic feeling that way. Well, Mina, we're looking forward to tonight's event. Thanks a lot for inviting us out. And we're going to talk to some other poets this evening, too, and hopefully uh, play some clips of their poetry on the podcast. Can I add one last question? I have to ask you, because I feel like one of the things I loved about our episode with you is it was one of the few where we talked a lot about music as well. Is there anything that's really been kind of inspiring you lately musically? Any new stuff, old stuff? I mean, I have to say I enjoyed Cardi B's new record. I don't normally um, be careful with me. Yeah, please be careful. I'm enjoying Cardi B's new record. I'm enjoying Janelle Monae's new album and visuals as well. And I have to also give a shout out to an old school artist. Evelyn Champagne King has more hits than I was aware of. Very like disco era artist. And she's freaking amazing. We were listening to like her essentials playlist over Mm -hmm. here. And I was like, Evelyn, why do you have so many hits? It's amazing. So yes, listen to disco people. You need it. I want to welcome you. My name is Amina Brown. I am the host for Fifth Thursday, along with my husband, DJ Obdiggy. These are actual turntables, people, real records out here. Um, I want to welcome you in case this is your first time doing open mic things, just to let you know how the vibes of Fifth Thursday are. Firstly, People are going to come up to this microphone. They are going to share their heartbreak, why they hate their parents, why they hate their job. They're just going to share their soul with you. 
and what they need back from you is love. And in this room, how you show them love is you clap your hands or you yell and make a joyful noise or you say hootie hoo if that's a thing you do when you're having a good time, okay? So we're gonna do a practice. And I hope that's enough motivation. But if it isn't, think about other things that would motivate you to clap. Think about getting some free money, for example. Or think about your, okay, thank you, thank you. Think about a coworker that you dislike very much and the joy that you would feel if they told you they were moving on to another company. Whatever you need to think of, think about that. And I'm gonna count to three, and we're gonna show what love sounds like. Here we are, one, two, three. That is great. I knew that you could do it. We're gonna start off with Ian North. Come on, Ian, where are you? Yes! Oh my gosh, Ian. It's good that you're first because I forgot to make an announcement. Okay, so listen, we have special guests tonight with us. Atlanta has a podcast called What Are You Reading? And Ian and Tim, the hosts, are here. Raise your hand back here. So they are here recording some things to do an episode of their podcast on what's happening tonight. What does that mean for you? Poets, if you are like, I don't want this on the podcast, alert me, and I will let them know not to record you in case you owe someone money or other reasons why you would not like to be found or seen, okay? Let me know. Otherwise, they will be recording things. They might be looking to do some interviews. Just want to know more things about our poetry scene here in Atlanta. And please subscribe to the What Are You Reading podcast. But for now, Ian, share the things with us. Y'all show your love for Ian coming up here. We, we, we came just to report on this, but I can't report on something without participating, so. This is called Bad Math. You may have read the news story that inspired this, but um, it wasn't about me. Um, if I won the lottery, I'd probably see a dentist. Your teeth look fine, the dentist would say, but I think you have cancer. A specialist would make the diagnosis, and I'd be dead within a week. At my funeral, my relatives would talk loudly about heaven, and a few would say a little less loudly, bless his heart. I wish he had spent less of his time with us talking about race, which isn't really a problem anymore. The smug way they would say this, and the biblical injunctions against gambling, and the bad math that run the big games are why I don't play the lottery unless I can't help myself. Thanks. through Ian yes next up Alini come on our next guest in the words of David Letterman needs no introduction you might recognize her from our something episode okay it sounds like podcast. we're gonna introduce her anyway uh, she is <laughs> my editor at work she's a writer slash editor she's awesome Alini is back and she's, yeah. uh, Did I ever leave? That's that's actually a good point. <laughs> yeah, she has always been, been here. here all along. <laughs> Not only has she always been here, but she is also going to be. Uh, 
sharing some poetry tonight. We, we say she's back again still. Yes, she's back again. <laughs> it's good to have you back the... again still, Alini. <laughs> so, Alini, thank you so yeah. much for talking with us again. Yeah, thank you guys for pulling me away from the people. <laughs> so sitting with friends. Oh. You know what? This is good. Get yeah, you know, I, I don't blame you. Mata and Diana, I just, I would want to hang out with I mean, either. I'm extroverted, I'm but like up kidding. to a certain point, you know? Yeah. It's a tight room. Just yeah. It, so, it's getting full, yeah. Speaking of being extroverted, as, as a fellow writer, I, I usually would prefer to be locked up in a room by myself than in a room full of people talking and sharing my poetry. Yeah. What drew you to come out and read your poetry in front of a crowd? Tim drew me. <laughs> <laughs> he draws all of us. Hey, he's the reason. He's the glue. Really. <laughs> but no, um, I've actually been wanting to like explore a little bit like the writers poet scene in Atlanta. Yeah. I kind of don't know anything about it. Um, and I've been kind of avoiding it because I'm not like a spoken word artist or slam poet. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I guess that's what, like, it's either, like, super academic or, like, slam poetry, and I'm neither. So yeah. um, I've been kind of shy, and I, fi- I figured this could be, like, hey, Tim wants me to go. It's a good opportunity to meet some people and to maybe, like, put my, put the toe in the Yeah, did lake. the feet, toe in the yeah. water. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In the river. Like, check the temperature. Yeah, I yeah. like it. <laughs> well, we hate to break it to you, but reading in front of a crowd is sort of like jumping in the deep end. <laughs> well, it doesn't get thing. any deeper than this, actually. But I mean, if you think about it, like, if I didn't want anyone to read or hear my poems, yeah. I would just journal. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Totally. So it's like, there is a reason that I'm writing it and editing it and perfecting it. And, you know, and it's to mm-hmm. share it with yeah. people. And getting published is hard, so... Yeah. When you just join something like this, like they don't vet you. you yeah. like, they're not like reading. Luckily your stuff. for me. Yeah. That's awesome. So you can just go in there and read and people hopefully won't get up and leave. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Speaking of published, even though this isn't quite, I guess this kind of is. Can you share, we mentioned it on the podcast in passing really briefly and we congratulated you on Facebook and all the social stuff. Can you tell us about a recent fellowship you've been awarded? We were so yeah. excited. Yeah, so I was given the UndocuPoets Fellowship for 2018. Um, and that comes from a group of poets. One is uh, Christopher Soto, the other one's Marcelo. Um, and there's Janine and Esther. Like there's just this group of, of awesome people who got together to, for they well, they wanted to draw attention to the fact that a lot of poetry contests required the person to be an American citizen or a legal resident. Uh-huh. Just at the bottom of it, you just scroll down, and it's like, must be a citizen or a legal resident. Mm. And it's like, why? You know? Yeah. yeah. So they started this, um, like an open letter, like an open petition, and some big names found out about it and signed on and stuff, and their work, still to this day, they're just trying to make sure that like, there's just no weird, um, Limitations. There are already so many limitations for undocumented yeah. people, and then like you put that there, you know, it's like the fact that I'm even looking at this contest means that I'm feeling that I could possibly enter it, and then there's that last barrier. It's like yeah. awful. Yeah. So um, after that, they were like, "Well, what else can we keep doing?" And they partnered up with um, Sibling Rivalry Press, and they give like funds to, so that like there can be. This year it was only two people that won, um, and I was one of them. Oh. But, yeah. but well, you deserve it. <laughs> it was five, and um, they just want to encourage people to, like, 
undocumented people to submit. Yeah. So they give a certain amount of money to cover the cost of submitting and entering competitions. That's awesome. Man. Well, we're looking forward to hearing if, if people hear your poetry tonight and they walk out and talk about you after, what do you hope they say? Um, I... My, I think my biggest... That's a hard question, Ian. I know. <laughs> I only <laughs> ask the worst ones. Yeah, I really want at least just one person in the audience to feel known and seen. Yeah. Because I think that's something I really missed growing up. Um, yeah. Just feeling like there was someone out there who was writing stuff that knew me, you know? Yeah. Um, so I hope that I am being vulnerable enough and authentic enough in my writing that someone out there can be like, yes. Yeah. Like, I feel known. Yeah. This girl knows me, you know? Yeah. All right. Thank you. We're looking forward to hearing your poetry. Okay. All right. This one's called ESL. If you're reading this in English, it already means we're far away from each other. Maybe we're far away together because English is the only language I write in. But sometimes my thoughts pop out in Portuguese, like from a suitcase that came with me. English fills my mouth with its hard edges cutting so it fits better. Can two languages live inside one person without bumping into each other? Does one spread its legs, limbs stretch like branches, forcing the other to pull its skin closer to its bones? Does that one become thin? The first time I dreamt in English, I was happy. A sign I'd been waiting for. I'm sorry. Eu não sabia. Sometimes even my chios and primos speak English in my dreams. English taking jobs. English filling the rooms my grandparents should live in. through Alini with those words. Yes. So next up to the microphone, y'all show your love for Quiz. Well, Tim and I just heard a poem that blew us away uh, by local Atlanta area poet Quez. So happy to hear your poetry and thanks for talking to us. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So you said you had been away from the scene for a while. What brought you back? How long has it been? Um, it's been about a year. Um, I had a child a year a year ago. Ooh, that'll do it to you. So that's my second child. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. So you know I had to take a little break, but um, you know it's it's once you're away for a while, you know you kind of want to come back, and yeah. you know I kind of got jealous of all my friends because they they're making all the slam teams without me this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So you know I, it, I I just feel like it's about that time. Yeah. So what is it about reading it live or performing it? Because you really put yourself out there yeah. when you read a poem live what is it about that that draws you back oh man um to be completely honest i like the attention yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it's it's just something about being on stage and saying something and then having people clap for you yeah just, yeah. just to be honest you know it's, totally. a, it's um yeah it's it's very it's a it's I don't want to say it's a self-absorbed thing, but it kind of is. Yeah, but, you yeah. know. Yeah. And, you know, just to have a platform just to say what you want to say in a creative way. Yeah. It's, it's a cool thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, do you think people are hearing it? I think so. Um, I like to believe that, you know, if you say something good enough, people will listen and hear it. Yeah, you know? yeah totally. So that's yeah. what I try to do. Yeah. Well, thanks for saying it. We were listening. Yeah. Great poem. And, and we're looking forward to seeing you around. Thanks yeah. yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs>
really good question. I do not know. <laughs> um, uh, well, see, this uh, it's really the first time I've, I've, I'm going to do something like this. Um, hopefully not the last. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to connect with people. Um, yeah. I want to I see what they think about what I've written. Uh, so, yeah. Well, I think this is the perfect place to do that. We were talking with Amina a little bit ago. She's hosting this. And she was talking a lot of big emphasis on communal, the communal nature of it, very and very welcoming. So I think I think they've got all the things you really are desiring out of this, uh, this night. I, I really think it's going to so. be here. Marco, tell us your age, uh, uh, what you do, and how long you've been writing poetry. Oh, okay. Um, all right, I am 15. Soon to be 16, so 15 and a half. 15 that, and a half. The half counts. Oh, wow. the half that is counts. a big deal when you're 15. <laughs> hey, the half counts. All right, all right. Um, what was the other question? Oh, uh, yes. How long have you been writing How long have you been? Um, oh, yeah, I, I'm a student, by the way. I'm, I'm a student. Just putting that out there. Um, <laughs> Good. I, I've, Good to hear. Yes, I know. Uh, I've <laughs> been writing poetry since I uh, was 12. Since you were 12? Yes. Okay. Really. So back in the day when you were a mere twelve-year-old. I know. Yeah. It's like three long years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. What was yeah. your first poem about? It, feel, it feels like it was like <laughs> ten years ago, <laughs> and I no. What was your first poem about? My first poem, oof. Um, <laughs> uh, it was about crickets. It was about crickets. My, my first poem was about crickets. Okay, well, you're yes. not going to have crickets I, I, when you read your poem. I really hope so. I really hope I do not. Um, yeah. <laughs> 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 I just feel like crickets. crickets <laughs> Since um, you're probably the only high schooler uh, reading tonight, I want to uh-huh. share a, a very embarrassing story. Please. In my senior year in high school, so they have, obviously, you know, like, it's the South. They have, like, Miss Stevens County High School or whatever, you know, where, like, they've do all that well they had mr stevens county high school where you mm-hmm. had to go out and like do like turn talent things and my talent was reading poetry whoa <laughs> and he lost big i I, <laughs> oh, um, I think they gave me the award like they gave you they gave everybody an award so i got the one that was like there was like you know most you know like most needy or so like it was mm-hmm. like it was like the giveaway award like the, well, there really wasn't like it wasn't like not congeniality there's some other award where it's like uh, we don't have anything else. Here you go. You know, yeah, just yeah. to make you uh-huh. feel good. Yes. Yeah. It was awful. It was pretty bad. Yeah. And I had like all these, like, I had read three of them. Three, like, really, like, heartfelt, meaningful, mm-hmm. like, about death and whatever. Yes, and then my yes, last yes. one was uh, poems about spam. Hmm. And that got the most uh, cheers, which is, I think, the, <laughs> the tragic nature of any artist. Yeah. Is everybody loves your, like, throwaway stuff. Like, the stuff that you think is garbage. Everybody's like, that, yeah. that spam one, man, that was really great. I really love that. So no, that was a joke. If you if people walk out of here having heard your poetry, what do you hope they say about it tonight? I really hope that they say kind words. Um, <laughs> like which specific ones? Like um, hey, I really like that line because maybe like it it took me back to my childhood. That's. Like something like that, maybe. I like that. So you want to bring um, them to where you are? Yes, I want to make them see my 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 level of things. Okay. Awesome. Um, but yeah, it's. I hope it really goes well. The last time I read a poem, I I cried I cried in front of people. That's yeah. We can only hope that happens tonight. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm, uh-huh. I'm, I'm glad I brought my tissues. Yes, I'll, I'll need them. Uh, thank you. Oh, uh, so yeah, I. 
All right, Marco, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, I can't wait, man. Uh, interesting. Hello there. I'm 15 and I'm in high school, so um, we're about to get so emo up in here. Just, just say, say it's, it's called yellow flowers. Uh, it goes like this. You told me that the last thing you would like to see before you died would be me, because you wanted to leave with a part of the world in your head, so that the oblivion you'd be entering would have more color. But I placed yellow flowers on the side of your hospital bed. The same flowers that were planted outside your window that took your admirations and hope, hopes for the world. Like the cold wind that made clouds out of every word you spoke to keep yourself from screaming outside your body and into the worrying of others. And I'm sorry for not paying enough attention. I'm sorry for not letting your words caress my earlobes to tell me you wanted to look at things that offered their hearts for them to understand the way it bends when you're broken. But I'm still here. As your eyes took you into the choreographers of deeper horizons, looking for the tape of that breakthrough to drive you into a different future, so you'd see color before seeing the darker tone of a, of a happiness that would disappear with your existence. Me. The one that now walks with ankle weights, waiting to end up on the bottoms of swimming pools, was only lo lonesome as a tour guide. I'm sorry for how your last days were. We couldn't see each other anymore. We had our hearts tied behind our backs for us not to realize our potential bonds, but only feel the buildup of suicidal tidal waves driving us away from ourselves. Even if we got lost in the colorful thoughts that passed into wishful forevers, everything came to a rest at once, and we would still feel them. The melancholic, melancholic feelings rambling by our windows trying to get into our dream bubbles before we realized, we realized the trouble of paying for rehab centers only caused a half-sighted half happiness to result in sitting and staring outside windows, looking for the yellow flowers to remind us that the yellow flowers are outside are still breathing. Y'all show your love for Marco. <laughs> yes. All right, now it is time for our feature. Slam ATL is one of three slam teams here in Atlanta. We have the Java Monkey Slam team. We have the Artemuck Slam team. And now we have Slam ATL. But Slam ATL is not only our newest slam team, it is also our first slam team in Atlanta to be founded and helmed by a woman of color. Watch out. So... I'm gonna start with Ashley Hayes. So we are honored to have her here. I want you to show your love for Slam ATL and up first, Ashley Hayes. So I, I'm so excited about our next guest. Ashley Hayes is here with us. She's founder of Slam ATL and also president of uh, Slam Poetry Inc. Is that right? Poetry Slam It's okay. <laughs> I knew I was gonna get something jostled up in there. but. Thank you so much for being here. This is, we've, we've been really excited. We've been talking about you a lot actually in the background. Like when, at what point is it like not Are we big we... enough to get her yeah, on our exactly. podcast? Yeah, pretty much. It was like, <laughs> yeah. we, how, how much we have to, you know, how yeah. many listeners we have to have in order to get her? Like at what I'm point? There, so? yeah. Up. I'm yeah. here. But hey. thank you so much. Yeah, this is, this is exciting. Yeah. So first of all, just to give everyone the same starting point, um, what is, what is SLAM all about? So slam poetry is competition poetry slam, um, competition poetry. It was invented in the 1980s and the point of poetry slam is you pick five random people off the street in the audience and they get scoreboards and they get to decide 
oh, how they want to rate your score from poem from one to ten. So slam is specifically poetry in the context of a competition. Huh? What does competition add to, to the performance of poetry? <laughs> <laughs> um, it depends. You know, sometimes competition can be beautiful you know yeah. it can be amazing where we're accountable to our audiences and accountable to our communities and these scores may give us a good benchmark as to the work we're doing but slam can also be ugly you know you add competition and a prize to something it can get ugly um yeah. but i do i'm i'm consistently a part of this community because of the good yeah what sort of inspired you to take the lead on uh, slam atl um, I've been thinking about it for a while. I've been in the Atlanta Poetry Slam community for over a decade. And I have been a member um, of a slam team for five times. And I was like, you know, what's what's the next move here? And so then I coached for a little while. I coached the Java Monkey Slam team. And I was like, this is cool. So what is it like if I run the thing? And here we go. Here yeah. We go. <laughs> <Now> <laughs> what a wild experiment. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking earlier, and you said you're from Chicago originally. Uh, what what makes the Atlanta poetry scene what it is? Like, how would you describe it? The Atlanta poetry scene is, it's so diverse. And we, it's a diverse in the way Atlanta is, where you have different nooks and crannies. So, like, the poetry that comes out of Decatur is going to be a little different than the poetry that comes out of Atlanta, which uh -huh. is going to be a little different than the poetry that comes out of maybe north side of the city. Um, and I love that. But I love that we're still all a huge community and how our yeah. crowds move. Like, the Urban Grind crowd will go to the Java Monkey and will go to Apache and how we just kind of interlink those cultures. Yeah. Yeah. If someone, because I feel like this is an experience you kind of wish the whole city, like I wish this were like the Peachtree Road Race. <laughs> it should be, yeah. But if people, if people haven't experienced live poetry and haven't been around it, what do you say you'd gain from being, just coming and listening and hearing what's yeah. being said? Well, you got to think about it. Poetry is coming straight from the artist. It's one of the original forms of protest. It's one of the original forms of news. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, being an orator and telling your version of the story and your version of what's happening or what has happened to you. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's something seriously valuable in that because what a moment to have and say, ah, me too. Yeah. yeah. You know, to Absolutely. hear yeah. something and say, ah, me too. That's awesome. Where, where in your life? You know, back back in the day, young Ashley Hayes. At what point did like you realize this is this is me? This is what I want to do. Poetry, slam poetry. Like, was there a point where it just like you knew that was you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I've been doing poetry for a lot, a lot of years. But the moment where I knew knew was the moment. Um, Y'all probably don't know this story. Missy Elliott showed up at my house. Um, no, I did <laughs> she not. She heard know a that poem story. I did on the internet wait, wait, and really? showed up to my house. Wow, that's I awesome. cannot make this up. <laughs> yeah. oh my God. Well, that would confirm it. Yeah, that would I get. Yeah. I think that if you needed a sign, yeah. <laughs> that could be it. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was thinking maybe maybe that's a metaphor. Maybe Missy Elliott showing up no, your house is like some sort of. She has a poem. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that's what my. Yeah. <laughs> That's, well, that's, that a definite, that's a definite like point in your life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so curious about how all this went down with Missy. Like, did she just show up? Did you get a call? Like, how does that even happen? <laughs> so um, what happened was I, I performed a poem um, about Missy Elliott. It's called For Color Girls Who Don't Need Katy Perry When Missy Elliott Is Enough. And the video oh. made the rounds on the internet. And so somebody retweeted and asked Missy. And so she DMs me and she's like, um, 
you know, I love this. What's your phone number? So Missy calls me, and we talk for, like, 20 minutes. And so the next day, she DMs me, and she's like, um, send me your address. I want to send you something. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then <laughs> she shows up at my house the same night. That's amazing. And she's that not as amazing. sneaky as she thinks she is because she was like, um... Will you be home around? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm on to you, Missy. Like, this is Missy I'm Ellie. She could send a courier if she <laughs> oh, wanted yeah, to yeah, be yeah. a messenger. That's awesome. <laughs> that is one of my favorite stories. Clean my house ever. just in case. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thanks for talking to us. We're super yeah, excited yeah. to Thank hear you, you perform. Thank Love what you're doing in Atlanta. And we hope that, you know, in hearing this, more people can come out and see what's going on and maybe even jump in. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, just you can search the internet, search Eventbrite, and know what's going on. Um, and you can follow me at ashleyhayes.com to know where I'm at. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks Ashley. Thank you. Sup, Urban Grind? How y'all feeling? Um, this next poem is um, I'm still kind of still getting in my body. Um, I've done it a few times, but it's still getting here. Um, so we're gonna try it and see what happens. <laughs> Come through, eyebrows. Yes, highlight. I see you braid out. I've posted another selfie on Facebook, and black women are doing what they do best, making me feel more visible than I have ever been, and I say lean in. Let me tell you of a wallless church, a congregation of women in the business of saving. Women given the trash and the broken yet refuse to think you disposable. Women who do the heavy lifting while the world gawks from the sidelines. Women serving as a second womb for motherless children, for grown ass men intent on not doing their own emotional work and we let you bask in the greatness. That is, should you be so lucky to be granted this magic because we might side-eye you to kingdom come. Might roll our eyes until you poof and disappear and ain't that sorcery. The way our defenses protect us from the elements, from a winter of fuck boys intent on getting all of our harvest and you so vain you think we do this for you. As if we wake up in the morning pandering to the world's gaze. As if black aunties ain't got nothing better to do than to raise children that aren't theirs. As if the women of Alabama and Wakanda ain't have shit else to do than to say men from themselves lean in they save themselves first and you got saved in the process and ain't that the way it always goes we get dressed in all the work we do and you are saved just by touching the hem of our garments black queer women create social justice movements and you make it about the men men oblivious to their own privileged men who demand we be black first and woman only when it suits them our intersectionality is an inconvenient myth misogyny is a weed that grows back no matter how many blavity think pieces you spray on it the trouble with being the savior, though, is that people don't usually think you need saving. They don't think you need gentleness. To the women, I say, I vow to be more gentle with you. Know that you are worthy of someone who helps you with the work. Too long we have dined with the world, serving food from our own gardens, on tables that we bought and built. All that I have, I owe to black women. And when I hear a person speak ill of black women, I think of the girl I used to be, trying so hard to be one of the boys. I'm still forgiving myself for all the times I saw a wound or a mirror instead of a sister, but here I say I'm sorry. I say glory to the women who thought I was worth saving. Glory to the women who think I'm enough even on days when I fall short. To the women in this room, I say come through eyebrows. I say yes, highlight. I say I see you braid out. I see you. You be visible and you be worthy of all this praise. Thank you. Thank you.
All right, here's this last poll on first lines. First lines never care what time it is. They nudge their cold nose against my ear, wanting to go for walks in the briskest part of the AM. They don't care that I just went to sleep, that I'm lazy, that I no longer take to the habit of keeping a journal by the bed for this very moment, that I want to shoo them away. But because I'm too afraid of losing one, I drag my right hand out from under the covers, grab the pen that has long since left a trail of ink blots on my bedspread, and let the poem do its business so we can both head back to sleep. Some days I want to quit. Afraid that the words I write, or maybe even my own life, just will never be good enough, but thankfully words don't give up. They are ants, crawling in a line, sending out one at a time to scout out the territory. I mean, they bring reinforcements, long lines of stanzas, tracing the trail around my floorboards, up and then down the door jams, surround the perimeter of my walls, will not be stomped or stopped until they find the sweet thing they've been searching for. So despite the decline of printing presses or the fact that magazines, books, and newspapers are becoming an endangered species, or that words have have historically been misused and taken advantage of, they will never grow extinct, will not be rationed or relegated to government assistance. See, words know no economic crisis. And their stimulus plan can be found in my grandmother's scrabble tiles. Such a triple word score, or in the hands of a little colored girl, clutching the spine of a colored girl's, hoping to find the backbone to be herself in a world that would encourage her to be anything but. So as long as God is still speaking, as long as the story must be told, as long as the words in your heart will always show up on your tongue, as long as a whisper still has the power to send the hairs on the back of your neck to rise and standing ovation, words will survive. They are really just like the rest of us, searching for a place called home, with strong arms and a warm heart to hold them, hoping for someone to take them in and accept them in their present tense, for someone to believe in them that they can become something, which is why at the end of a long day of living. And an even longer list of things left to do, I leave my worries outside this room. I lay next to these words and wrap my arms around them until I can feel them breathing. And sometimes we wake up in the middle of the night just to share each other's secrets, and after we both fall asleep. The pen slips from my fingers, leaves its mark on the page. Thank y'all. See y'all next time. <laughs>